Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bloomscast. My name is Seth, aka Phantasma Plumes, and I'm coming to you pre recorded from the game room. As always, I thank you for tuning in today. If this is your first episode, well, hello and welcome to the wonderful world of Bloomscast. I am Blooms, your exuberant host. That's probably not the right word, but now you have a taste of <laughs> what Bloomscast is all about. And for my returning listeners, hello, welcome back. Unfortunately, you already know how the show goes, and I'm sorry. Anyway, <laughs> as you can tell, my wonderful returning listeners... Um, my voice is still a bit shot, uh, I'm still a little bit under the weather, I'm no longer running a fever, which has been absolutely great, it's just getting the last of the sinus infection over with, and getting, you know, my sinuses realigned properly, man, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie, it fucking sucks, because every time the weather changes, I risk getting sick, and sometimes I can detect it, like, early on, and be like, oh yeah, no, my throat's starting to feel funny, uh, I'm gonna take you know, vitamin C and, like, drink fruit juices, and everything's gonna be daijobu, and yo, this time just absolutely caught me by surprise out of nowhere, like, I woke up one morning and my throat was just like, hey, bitch, you know, you haven't been in about, you know, a year, year plus, sick, time to die, and I'm just like, bruh, no, (laughs) I have so many things that I want to do this week, and it, dude, like, This couldn't be a better week for it, though, like, all things considered, because my sweet Jules was staying with me for most of the week, Um, you know, so she was able to help take care of me, and to her, seriously, I just want, and, like, to the community, too, that's reached out, seriously, thank you all so much, it means a lot, I... Used to, and this is a great segue into today's topic. I used to have like this fear of becoming dependent, you know, and being like so sick that I can't take care of myself, and having like the backing from both work, you guys, and you know, my significant other. It's just like, bruh, it, it felt super nice, and I felt so relieved. Like, this, even though I hated being sick, it did my heart good. <laughs> But anyway, yes, no, Sick Boy is about to talk about fears. That is the title of today's episode, probably, unless I decide to change it after the fact. Hey, future Seth, if you changed it, you're a bitch. But <laughs> God, I'm going to be listening to that in the car on the way to work one day. I'll be like, you know what, fuck you, past Seth. I do what I want. <laughs> but before I really get started on here... I do want to say, guys, like, seriously, thank you all again so much for the support. Um, I got a nice little notification that probably after this episode, I will be able to start doing ad reads, and it it honestly feels like a dream, you know? It, fe- it feels unreal, because I've been doing Bloomscast now. This is the eighth episode, so probably safe to say about two months by the time this comes out. And I I didn't think it'd come this fast. Like, it's been so much fun figuring out, like, different podcasting techniques and different things to talk about with you guys and, like, having full-on conversations and being able to, like, put things out in so many different mediums. Like, the fact that, and this is, you know, forewarning as well, I talked about it last week, and unfortunately, because I was sick, I didn't get to invest much time into it, because God staring at a computer was the last thing on my uh, to-do list uh, for most of uh, last week, but 
anyway, no, uh, I'm about to start putting these out to YouTube and all too. And it just like from you guys spreading the word and Pooncast steadily growing in popularity, it's, uh, it makes me really happy. And I truly hope that, you know, between these like jokey, happy-go-lucky type conversations where we talk about anime and gotcha gaming and everything else, you know, and to the more serious conversations like we're about to have today, like, I hope that I have, you know, either given you some kind of guiding light to continue on in whatever journey you're going through, or, you know, have inspired, you know, some smile out of you, because you deserve it. And seriously, you guys make me smile more than I will ever let you know when I'm not sick. I know I'm more emotional when I'm sick. I'm a soft boy when I'm sick. You know? <laughs> not everybody needs to know everything, but I'll, I'll let you in on a little bloom secret. If I start, like, saying, oh, my God, guys, I, I truly appreciate you for no apparent reason, it's probably because I'm sick. <laughs> No, I truly do, like, care and appreciate, and I'm so proud of this little community that we're growing, that I hope today's episode, which has been a long-requested one as well, reaches through to you, gives you the strength that you need to press on, and then you can let me know later on what your fears are and how you handle them. But anyway, to really start all this off, and also, I'm going to say this as a preference too, I do not know how long this episode is going to be. If only because, like, I'm still sick. So I might speed over more things than not. If you ever feel like you need a question answered that I didn't really go over well enough or you want me to expand on a point, remember, you are able to reach out to me over on Twitter at Phantasma Plumes. You can find me streaming on Twitch Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 8 p.m. EST at Phantasma Blooms, and you can shoot an email over to Plumescast, P-L-U-M-E-S-C-A-S-T, at gmail.com. Anyway, if I, this episode does not go as long as you guys want it to, feel free to let me know, because honestly, <laughs> as I'm gearing myself up to do this, as I was compiling my notes, I was like, all right, let's see how long my voice can carry through this. <laughs> We'll find out. We will definitely find out. But I wouldn't mind doing a version two later on when it's just like, I am healthy boy. You know, healthy boy talks about fear. <laughs> but anyway, so at the start of all this, I really just want to stress this. And we talked about this during like the burnout episode. But really, guys, fears are human. Being fearful of something doesn't make you any weaker, doesn't make you you know, any less of a person, you know, to my fellow dudes out there, doesn't make you any less of a man if you're afraid of something. Like, fears, and this is kind of step one of dealing with fears, is know that you're probably fearing that for a reason. You know, there's a great like great saying out there that anxiety is a storehouse of wisdom. You know, you can really start to figure out why you're afraid of things by asking yourself, well, why, what about this scares me? You know, you have to be able to, like, and this is going to be different for every type of fear because there's so many different type of fears out there. There's physical, there's emotional, there's mental. Like, 
you know, are you afraid of spiders? I was, you know, when we get to the topic or when we get later on and I've gone through all the steps, I'm going to tell you all how I dealt with my arachnophobia and how I got it. Um, there's mental fears, like being able to do public speaking, like you choke up, even though you can talk perfectly fine. That's another one I'm going to talk about. You know, I'm, <laughs> I realize now after I wrote down like what top, what fears I'm comfortable with talking about, uh, <laughs> these kind of correlate. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> and then the emotional fear of like, or psychological fears of making the wrong decisions for me, you know, you're going to grapple with so many different fears throughout your life. And it's important to be able to either A, overcome them and grow from them, or B, grow with them. You know, I've talked about this previously before on the podcast where, you know, whenever you come to a stop at something, so long as you are continuously trying you know, even if it's just a single little, little, little bit, you are still improving upon yourself. You're not wasting time. You're not, you know, underutilizing yourself. You are taking things in the way that you need to take things. And understanding both you are fearful of something for a reason, and the way you attempt to take care of things is a valid attempt. That is what you need to know for both or for really just step one, know that you're probably fearing that for a reason, okay? So let's talk, let's just use a, you know, general fear, something that a lot of people are afraid of. And I think one of the most common fears, I never, and really I had to do more research on these things before I really start talking about any of it, but because no one's fact-checked me yet, so I'm assuming I am 100% correct on all the things I've talked about thus far. Please, fa- don't be afraid to fact-check me. Hey, there's a fear. Hey, talk, talk to you, boy. I'm a friendly guy. You know, I'm not going to hurt you, I promise. I may seem big and threatening, but I promise you I'm nice and friendly. I'm a big teddy bear. You know? <laughs> Face your fears and correct me. <laughs> But anyway, what I feel like one of the most common fears is, and this is just me talking from my friend groups and, you know, assu- like taking my small sample size and applying that across the entire con- or the entire world, um, I think a lot of people are fear- afraid of heights. I think a lot of people, you know, either know it already and, you know, intentionally go about their lives avoiding heights, or they will purposely you know, or they don't know, and they're just blissfully going along their lives, and eventually they'll run into him and be like, and be like, oh shit, what the fuck, this is too high, no! (laughs) I think some of us have been, like, in that type of environment, I guess, where, you know, you're just, you're minding your own business, you know, maybe your friends decide you want, like, you're going up a mountain, and there's a nice little gondola ride you could take. I think it's a gondola. I don't think maybe Skytrain. I don't know. <laughs> Look, man, I'm sick. Leave me alone. But <laughs> anyways, you're going up the little Skytrain thing. You're just you look out the side and you're just like, bro, what the fuck? Oh no, there's nothing underneath us. This cable snaps. Oh no! Like, let me give you a perfect example. So, uh, when I was really young. All right. 
I went to my first amusement park when I was like six years old. You know, it wasn't long after I moved up to Georgia with the rest of my family. And so my mom had taken me on this like really high parachute ride where it was just like it lifts you up, you know, maybe 10 stories or so and then drops you down and catches you and like brings you back up, drops you. Honestly, how this thing is considered a ride at any point is beyond me. That probably caused brain damage, and now I'm a podcaster. <laughs> but um, anyway, so, you know, as we're going up this thing, I am so excited for it. Because I'm just a stupid kid. You know, that part never changed. But <laughs> I'm just going up this thing with my mom, and she's like, Okay, Bubby, you know, remember, don't look down, which is the worst thing you can tell anybody going into a high situation, especially if they don't know if they're afraid of heights, you know? But anyway, so I'm like, huh? Oh, why, why wouldn't I want to look down? Because I'm just looking over, I'm admiring the scenery, I'm seeing the trees. Oh, this is so pretty. But I look down, and I can't make any, like make out any faces everybody just looks like ants maybe this thing is higher than i remember it being but i know for a fact i was definitely higher than like some of the roller coasters because i could see like the top of one of them so maybe 10 stories is a little low maybe it was like 20 this was like one of the ones where you had to be you know, at least of a certain height to ride it and i barely qualified for it i remember that much or I don't even think I was checked. Who knows? But anyway, I look down and I start screaming. Like, I'm screaming bloody murder. And my mom's just like, honey, calm down. It's, you know, we're safe. We're safe. You know, and I'm like, I want to go down. How do we get down? I want to go down. And then as if God was laughing himself, like, <laughs> watch this bitch. Like, all of a sudden, the cable drops. All right. And all of our seats just go down. And I'm just <laughs> going all the way down. Of course, it catches us. And then slowly brings us up, does it again. And, like, the entire time, I'm like, Mom, I'm going to fall. I'm going to fall off. I'm going to slip. I'm going to go. I'm going to fall and splat. And I'm just like, gee. And, like, honestly, you know, I'm sure my mom remembers it much more vividly than I do. But I, mm, I hated it. I absolutely hated it. And, you know, it's funny. You know, I didn't, like, most heights I'm not afraid of. Like, right by my old house, there was a, like, we had to, or the contractors, rather, built a wall along the side of, you know, our neighbor's house, probably about, you know, 10 feet out from it, because like a reclining wall, because their hill was so high compared to ours that in order for us to have, like, any type of fencing or whatever, you know, or any yard, really... They had to basically just cut into this mountain and then uh, level it out so that way, you know, our yard can start. And anyway, that thing was at least, you know, thinking back on it, about 10 feet high at the top. And I used to jump off that thing. Like, (laughs) I used to have, because like, here was the thing too. 
And this, I'm glad, I'm glad that my dad is no longer alive to hear this. If my sister hears this, I might be in a bit of trouble. Hi, Hiss, how's it going? But uh, there was one point where I used to do parkour. And I used to free, like, I got tired of doing parkour. Because parkour was just like, you know, running around, jumping up on walls. Like, parkour, parkour! But I started to do free running. Which was, you went to from point A to point B getting over anything that was in your way. I did that for like a couple of months when I was like meh, maybe high schoolish age and um until I watched a buddy break his arm and I'm like yeah fuck that I ain't doing that shit again. Like I saw a bone, I'm like yep, I am done. But <laughs> anyway, there was a steady gap like you know between my buddy's house to the right and my garage and we would practice like, jumping across that gap to get on top of the garage roof and then climb up from there. Now, mind you, <laughs> mind you, that probably wasn't the smartest idea, but hey, your boy was adventurous. I still am adventurous, and I will still do stupid shit like <laughs> So, I didn't have, like, you know, an irrational fear of heights. It was just extremely high ones. Now... You know, I think that's the same for most people. But some people look at that 10-foot wall and be like, Oh, it's too high. I, I can't believe you kids are up there. Meanwhile, we're fucking jumping around like idiots. Uh, good times. Good times, man. But anyway, to bring that all around. And like, actually, no, I can continue on with this as well. Um, you know, continuing on with the notion of fear. Like, you... To carry on to step two of this whole thing is, except that really you are, like, we've talked about, you know, you have that fear for a reason. Ex part two is accepting that that reason is valid. <laughs> like, by all means, if you have a fear of heights, it's probably very warranted. Because let's be fair, unless humanity has changed in some kind of way that I'm not aware of, I can't fly. I don't think you can fly. If you can fly, fuck you. You know, must be nice. But <laughs> humanity can't fly on its own. And, you know, if you fall from a high spot, that's probably game over for you. You know, you're either going to break a bone or, you know, you're going to just splat and splat. That's it. <laughs> you know, GG's. But anyway, you know... That fe Again, though, knowing that that fear is valid, if you have a fear of heights, yes, you don't want to fall because you will probably die. But at the same time, you can't let that fear paralyze you. And that's how you get to step three of this whole thing, where it's just you got to get a hold of that fear and keeping like a lid on things because if you allow it to continue to grow, it will. You know, fears will continue to manifest so long as you keep giving them the power to do so. And all of a sudden, you'll start finding that things that might have seemed little in the past will eventually start encroaching you. You know, if you have a fear of heights, you start to find yourself avoiding things that will put you in higher situations. And just because, oh man, well, I'm going to be high up. Am, am I going to be able to handle this? And what started is like a fear of maybe being 50 feet up in the air. You know, we'll start encroaching down to like 40 feet, 30 feet, and so on and so forth. Now, mind you, it's probably not going to be that drastic, but it could be. 
And that's why, you know, you have to be able to both keep a, like a strong grip on things, but you also need to start thinking logically. You know, similar to how we were talking about with stress and burnout, you need to be able to pull yourself out of the situation, out of your own fear for a second, and think logically and breathe and relax for a second when you're in a safe space and think, well, how many times am I going to be in that spot where I'm going to encounter that fear? You know, how many times, like, realistically, how many times are you going to be 50 feet up in the air with something not underneath you that will keep you, you know, well protected? You know, building structures are continuously improving. If you work in a 30-story building, chances are that's probably going to stand. You know, there's not, like, realistically, there's not a lot of news stories where, you know, buildings are falling over. It's especially not modern ones. So, you know, when you can start thinking realistically about your fears, you're able to start controlling them bit by bit. And hopefully, if you have allowed a fear to overgrow, you're at least able to start pruning it away. Now that you, like, have a decent understanding of what your fear is, you need to start looking for other, like... People have gone through your fear and have hopefully overcome it or on the peak of overcoming it. Not, you know, or whatever, grab downhill slope if you're afraid of heights. <laughs> that, was, that was a terrible fucking joke. Oh my god. Ah. <laughs> god. I, I can't believe I fucking said that. Anyway. <laughs> um, but essentially, you need to look towards other people. And you need to be able, and like, this is also a call to reach out to your friends, reach out to your family, reach out to loved ones, and be like, hey, I am struggling with this fear. You know, do you know anybody that's similar to me? You know, or do you know of any resources I could use? Or maybe there's something I can do to kind of put, kind of, you know, put my feet in the water as far as my fear goes, unless you're afraid of water. God, I need to stop. I need to stop with these fucking jokes. <laughs> ah, man, I'm sorry. I am so sorry. My brain, like, I'm going to be completely upfront, take off a little bit of the veil of the topic right now, and just talk to you as Seth the streamer and the podcaster. Yo, my brain is so foggy still. <laughs> like, absolutely, I'm trying to keep myself in line. But because I am such a explorative thinker and I can go on 360 different tangents and then come back to the same one, because my brain is all foggy, it's like that point is to come back around is just like blurred. So I completely apologize that this is like the podcast that ruins Bloom's gas, you know, but at the same time, fucking, I'm going to be recording next week. <laughs> We're not all going to have great podcasts, man. This is going to be a good one, though. I've, I'm still confident in that. Anyway, <laughs> uh, back to the topic at hand. Um, so, reach out to people. Ask them for advice. Ask them, Go to a therapist and talk to somebody. You know, obviously, there's a bunch of things about dealing with, you know, heights, out there, maybe your fear is a little more specific. Maybe you need a more personal touch in order for, you know, the help to start coming in. And that's okay. By all means, do what you need to do to get over your fear. 
like I said before, every little attempt that you take, even if it's one that ends in failure, is not actually a failure because you attempted something new, you knew it, you now know it doesn't work, and now you can continue on to the next thing. You are continuing to grow. Be proud of yourself. Because I'm proud of you. I hope you're proud of me. <laughs> but anyway, so, you know, say for example, though, you have a problem with asking for help. Maybe that's a fear of yours. You know, you don't want to seem too needy to people. Well, if you don't want to go on, or if you don't want to talk to people about your fears, don't want to talk to a therapist, start online. You know, we live in the modern era where all the information we could ever want is basically in our pocket. Start, you know, or if you don't want anybody knowing about your search history and you're not using our sponsor, <laughs> God, our sponsor express VBN. <laughs> No, then go to a library, go to a safe space, and allow yourself to think. Because only when you remove yourself from the situation can you really start to appreciate all answers that you could use. And if you can't necessarily remove yourself out of the situation 100%, do the very best that you can do. Meditation is still one of the greatest ways that I can recommend for anybody that's going through stress, trauma, or trying to face a fear because it's all internalized within yourself and you are able to do it no matter where you are, when you are, how you are. You just got to be able to give yourself that space to breathe no matter how brief it is for you. And then with that brevity, you can continue on. Anyway, now that you kind of have that self-reflection, you're able to get some guise of advice, wherever it's coming from, you may not be able to face your fear quite today. Again, you still grew stronger. You know, that's the thing is some people will experience these quote-unquote failures where they can't handle, you know, the most extreme situation of their fear. Like, okay, if you're afraid of heights, you got on the plane to go skydiving and when you're up the top, you couldn't do it. And you consider that a failure, and then all of a sudden you're, you know, at home crying yourself to sleep with a thing of coffee ice cream. Not speaking from personal experience. <laughs> Honestly, I do want to go skydiving, but that, that's a side thing, that's a side thing. Anyway, so, you know, but some people end up going back to the very beginning of this entire healing process because they try and do this overly adventurous thing with their fear you know if you have arachnophobia maybe you tried to hold a tarantula at a pet store and you freaked out and you know you threw the tarantula across the way and god that poor karen got absolutely obliterated by it but i'm sorry six seth is more goofy 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 than you know regular serious Seth <laughs> but my silliness aside for a minute like people have these lofty goals of how they should be able to handle their fears and what proves that they've truly handled it and it's like if you go from zero to a hundred and you fail that doesn't mean that you fully failed you still were growing you just tried to make something of a way too impossible jump you know just like how we talked about on the burnout stream, and man, I am referencing like so many old podcasts. You should go back and listen to them. 
<laughs> but just like we talked about during that stream, you know, you can't set these massive lofty goals and expect to get to them off your first attempt. You need to start slow. You know, if you have a fear of heights, start by going on to more higher, you know, higher rides or higher experiences, climbing mountains, um, you know, or going up to the top of your hotel, for example, and looking down over everything else. Like that, if you can start gradually uh, inviting your fear into your life, you're going to find that eventually you're going to start overpowering it. And you're going to be able to handle it that much better than what you originally thought. I think a lot of people have that moment of, man, this this really wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. You know, this is embarrassing to say. I had a fear for a while of roller coasters because I'd never been on one. And I've seen, you know, cartoons growing up and plenty of videos of people getting, like, launched by these things and getting messed up in the head because of them. And so... I, you know, about probably six months ago at this point, like, Adam and I went off to uh, Six Flags together, and he, this fucker, this absolute fucking dick, like, Adam, you're listening to this, I'm still annoyed that you did this, but every ride that we rode, he put us on first, despite the fact that I've never ridden a roller coaster before, so the very first one we do is, like, this, uh drop to hell or something like that where it starts off off this giant you know incline you're going straight up and then you just drop and you're doing spirals and rolls and you know loop-de-loops and I'm just like and we're in the front and I'm just like I'm starting to get nervous as I go up this thing I'm like I'm gonna die this is it like this train's gonna fall off and you know we're all gonna fucking splat and that's it I'm just like, bruh, mm-mm, But thankfully, you know, clearly I was fine, and I actually had a lot of fun on there. It took, you know, a few minutes after the fact, after, you know, the adrenaline calms down, you're just like, damn, that was actually kind of fun. And, you know, I've... And then he did it again. <laughs> and then he did it again. Uh, there was one point where we went on the Batman ride, and after waiting like three hours because this thing kept breaking down which of course i have now only survived one roller coaster that was working you know this one that wasn't working i'm just like oh fuck this is where i die isn't it but he puts us on front now you know i i'm going into this i'm like oh bro you know i'm i'm used to this or i've already done this once it's fine you know, everything, they test these things, it's working for a reason, so on and so forth. Well, here comes problem number two. Uh, the person that hooked me into the ride never actually finished hooking me into the ride. So, they're at the very front of it, because mind you, Adam's putting it, us at the very front. Um, Adam had, or no, the employee had not locked down my, like, harness, so I could pull that thing off at any time. Mind you, there was like a buckle that was somewhat loosely hooked up, but it's supposed to clamp down so that way you're not flailing about because it's just holding you by the front. And I'm just sitting there like, 
oh no, this, this is this is bad. And of course, the first thing you do on that ride is go vertically down. And I'm just like, oh, oh no. So what ultimately ended up happening was I ended up just like holding on to the handling for dear fucking life. Like I have never engaged my abs any harder than I had on that ride. Because every now and again, I can feel like the harness lifting up. And I'm like, no, bitch, you are staying with me. I am not dying here. I don't want to, like, I'd hate to be, because all I could think about in the back of my head was, you know, local guy gets smashed by Batman. <laughs> and I didn't want that to be in the paper. I wanted people, like, if I'm going out, I want to be doing something cool. I'm fucking getting thrown off a fucking roller coaster. And it's like, Julia and I here recently were talking about, you know, going to an amusement park together. And I told her, I'm like, no, nah, I'm I'm down to ride roller coasters, and I am. It's just, I know I still have that bit of underlying fear, because that was the second one I've ever ridden, and that one had, like, a massive issue, so I'm one for one. But, you know, to continue on with the roller coaster story, so I survived that, clearly, and I, like, Adam and I decide we're going to ride one more ride, because, well, we rode a couple of rides, but there was one more roller coaster we were going to ride. It was like the Arizona Mine, or Arizona Mine Carts or some crap. And for some reason whatsoever, like the cart that Adam and I were supposed to ride on when you queue up for this thing. Because like the way it queued up was you went to the individual cart. You know, you didn't all just like line up at one single spot and then they let eight people out. No. You would wait at a, like, individual carts queue station. Well, for whatever reason, they were missing, like, two carts. And I'm just like, yo, what the fuck? And then they're like, all right, get off the platform, blah, 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 blah. So, like, they rush me back in. Adam, you know, mysteriously disappears out the end because he's like, you know what, fuck this, and just jumps across and then, you know, walks out the exit. I don't see him leave. But anyway, so I end up going on with, like, this family, which, bless their hearts, they were the nicest people. Um, but this thing picked up some fucking speed. Like, even though it's an old as dirt, you know, not many thrills roller coaster, it's kind of for the kids. Like, yo, this thing got speed. Like, there's one point where we're going around, and all of a sudden, like, the cart jumps. And even the dude, like, the stoic guy next to me, this dad of the two girls that was riding ahead of us. Like, dude, even he goes like, whoa, I wasn't expecting that one. I'm just like... And meanwhile, I'm just, like, trying to stay cool because I don't know these people. I can't flip shit because <laughs> I didn't want to freak out the kids. I'm like, I got to stay I gotta stay stoic. I got to do this. And, like, you know, at that point, I loosened up a lot, and I was talking with the dad, and I'm just like, bro, this is – I was not anticipating this. And then at one point, it cuts back through do, down a tunnel, and, like, the dad physically ducked because he's like, I don't think I would have cleared that otherwise. You know, why do they let people on this thing? I'm like, man, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, so I ducked with him. I'm like, oh, this is bad. But anyway, so that all to say, you know, I overcame my supposed fear of roller coasters to, with a 1.5 to 1.5.
record of good to bad times. And that fucker Adam, dude, like, he tried to put me on the Superman, and I looked at him like I was about to kick his ass. Like, I know I stared daggers, because he started laughing. He's like, okay, we don't have to do that one. I'm like, yeah, no, fuck you. Nearly died on Batman. You want to launch me on the Superman? And, like, when I'm talking to Julia about it, and I'm telling her these stories, I'm like, you know, if I did get launched, at least my last couple of moments of life would be fun. You know, I'd be flying through the air, hopefully upward, instead of going down, so I have more air time before, you know, just hitting the ground, but shit. You know? (laughs) But anyway, honey, if you hear this, uh, just know I am down to ride roller coasters. Just please, (laughs) please be kind and hold my hand because I will be a little nervous. Anyway, (laughs) I've gone on so many tangents today. I love it. But so that is all to say, you know, obviously my example is a little more extreme where I got placed on the very fun of roller coasters. But that is kind of the mentality that you need to have. Is you need to experiment. You need to try, you know, the smaller, slower roller coasters of your fears, and then eventually work your way up to the Big Mac Daddies. Because eventually you'll find they're not as scary as you think, and you will probably have more fun enjoying them than fearing them. Uh, but at that also, like, with all that said too, you also need to have like a very strong reward system. Ooh, excuse me. Uh in your, like, grasp, or in your mindset, uh, when you do start facing your fears, like, say, for example, it is the roller coasters, well, after you had a successful roller coaster ride, or you went to a theme park with some mild uh, roller coasters, get yourself, like, a fried pie or something, you know, absolutely treat yourself to a job well done, and then, you know, you'll start having more positive memories associated with dealing with those fears. And then when you tackle on the next big thing, have a slightly bigger reward ready when you're all said and done. You know, positive, positive reinforcement is such a great factor that not a lot of people consider in, like, all facets of our life. That just having a little bit of, hey, you did great, I guarantee you, even if it's just you telling yourself... You will grow so much more from hearing that than, you know, not getting that answer, that closure that you need. So, yeah, no, absolutely have, like, reward tiers planned for when you handle these next big things. And then when you start to, and, like, when you finally accomplish and overcome your fear, you don't have to, you know, continuously have that reward. But keep it as a fond memory of, like, oh, yeah, no, so when I rode my first roller coaster, I, you know... I splurged and I got a peach-covered fried pie. That thing was so fucking good. Oh, funnel cake. That is what I'm thinking of, funnel cakes. God, now I want a funnel cake. You know, (laughs) here's another side tangent. Now that I've kind of covered all my main points, I'm getting on to, like, fears that I want to talk about with y'all. I'm supposed to stay inside, obviously, because I'm sick you know, girlfriend's mandates, and I'm planning my sneak out to go, because she's at work right now, and I'm about to go out and, and, like, get stuff for dinner, and be like, okay, I'm gonna make her dinner by the time she gets home, and it'll be ready, and she'll come in and be like, ooh, it smells so good, and I'll be like, honey, I made dinner, (laughs) and now talking about, like, I'm not saying I'm about to make, you know, some funnel cakes, 
But damn it, if I knew how to, I would fucking obliterate those. But anyway. <laughs> so, all that to say, like, to quickly glance over everything we've covered across my many tangents, like, one, know that your fear is probably legitimate for a reason. You know, why are you having this fear? Figuring out why you have it is definitely the strongest wisdom aspect and tool you have to your repertoire because once you figure that out, you can start figuring out how to fix it or face it, whatever it may be. You know, step two is accepting that you're human and that your fear, again, is valid. Step three is getting a hold of it because the more you allow that fear to like linger in your mind, the more it'll gradually expand and do something that's harder to face. And then when you have that, and like if it is getting too big, start, you know, by all means, even if it is or isn't, um, start reaching out. Start reaching out to friends, qualified resources, uh, you know, family members, loved ones, and books, internet, and find other people that have gone through your fear and how they eventually overcame it and use their stories to empower your own. Then, you know... Remember that you can't, you're not going to be able to climb a mountain when you just start exercising, you know? You got to take things slow, make your own footholds along that mountain, and but be mindful, like, be ready to take breaks. Taking a break is not failure. It's just taking some time to recover. Re- doing nothing is something, you know? But every step you take moving towards, you know, overcoming your fear is a valid step you are doing something it's not wasted time be proud of yourself for even getting up this morning to face it then you know obviously remember to keep plenty of rewards along the way whether that's time with friends um you know a special treat going out somewhere where you usually would never go and experiencing a whole new thing like by all means do it you're overcoming your fear you should be able to enjoy what you've overcame, if you can. And then, you know, at the end, face that big fear. Face it and conquer it. You know, if you were afraid of riding the biggest roller... If you were afraid... Like, for example, if you were afraid of riding roller coasters like I was, and kind of still am, then eventually take on the world's largest roller coaster one day. Or the biggest one you have easy access to get to, or somewhat easy access to get to. Make a whole trip out of it. Get on that roller coaster, ride it, and then be proud of all the steps you made along the way. You're on the top of the mountain, you're looking down at all your little tents. Be fucking proud of those. Go clean them up, but be, like seriously, be proud of yourself. You're doing great things to improve yourself. Even if no one else will tell you this. But, that said, okay, now it's time for me to take off some of this big Macho Man Blooms energy that I have and let you all know about a couple of my personal fears and how I ended up dealing with them. Now, at the start of this podcast, I already kind of talked about what my fears were, which were arachnophobia, uh, public speaking, and making the wrong decisions. All wildly different things now that I look at my list here. And honestly... The way I overcame each one is kind of similar to, you know, the steps I've given y'all. You know, when I started off 
with arachnophobia. This was the one that came immediately to mind when I was thinking about fears. And I can say without most of a doubt that I can handle a lot of spiders now. But as a kid, I couldn't. And let me explain why. So let's rewind the clock real quick. We're back in seventh grade. I have a broken arm. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like this is almost apocalyptic in setting. I have a broken arm. I can't walk with a damn. No, I had a broken arm. Um, me and my friends were playing at the bus stop trying to, like, basically every morning when we were waiting for the bus, me and my one friend would toss um, a ball back and forth with each other. And what... And, like, what made this day special was I had a video presentation that I had to give. So I had my dad's record, like, VCR recorder with me. And so, basically, um, we were playing around as usual. And because I had the cast, I couldn't catch the ball 100% correctly. And it ended up going down into the uh, sewer. And, you know... Of course, me and my friends were like, oh, you know, we can absolutely, you know, just get a new one. It's just a tennis ball. And I'm like, no, no, you know, I'll get it. Well, what ended up happening was there was a couple of bullies that lived on my street, too, who saw this as an opportunity to take the camcorder out of my, you know, pocket, whatever. Not pocket, but like in the bag that I had next to my book bag. And start recording. Mind you, they didn't record over my project, thank God. But I didn't know that they had recorded it until, like, I went to give my presentation. Because it immediately started playing after. And I became, like, so shocked in class that I couldn't really stop the recording. Like, I got... I basically got frozen. And so... Like, they start recording as I'm lifting this thing, like, as I'm lifting the sewer cap up to get down in there. And they're like, hello, you know, we're on so-and-so road and we're talking with, you know, local scaredy cat. Because I, I absolutely hated going down into the sewers because it was really dark. And, you know, I always had this fear that, like, I wouldn't be able to get out, especially with my broken arm, because the way that sewer was lined up. Even though, like, my friends have gone down there before and we, you know, have done it countless times, um, the way that sewer is lined up is the ladder out of it was a couple of feet away from the manhole. So you basically had to, like, let go of the ladder, hang on to the, uh, the cusp of the lid, and pull you, and, like, fling yourself around and pull yourself up. Now, mind you, that might be a little different than. You know how I'm remembering it, but I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't even remember how old I was at that point. But anyway, well, 2007. Eh, I'm not doing the math. <laughs> I'm sick. That's my excuse. You guys can do the math and tweet me about it at Phantasma Plumes. <laughs> but anyway, so they start recording. They're like, oh, you know, the boy's going down, and I'm sitting like on the edge, like nervous. As I go down in, that's when they start recording, and, like, they come up and they end up taking the man sewer cap, or the sewer cap, and plugging up the hole as I'm in there. I start freaking out. Now, mind you, this is a brand new tennis ball in my hand. I can't see it. Like, you know that neon glow. 
I can't see it. It is dark. It is deep. I'm freaking the fuck out. I'm reaching around trying to find like any, you know, where the ladder is. I'm disoriented. And thankfully, you know, my friends shoot them away and got the thing open back up for me because there's no way in hell I was strong enough back then to like lift it up on my own while, you know, while like trying to push up from beneath it. But as the second they do, I realized that I have put my hand in a black widow's nest, like in their web. There's like four black widow babies and the mom just starting to scurry on me. I freak the fuck out. I start screaming. I thrash my arm against the wall. Like I cut the fuck out of it. This is cement. Just to kill these fucking things. I'm thinking I'm getting I'm gonna get poisoned. And thankfully I didn't. Um, you know, I did have like a little mark from where one of the spiders were, and maybe one of the babies bit me, but you know, it wasn't I'm clearly still here. Um but I know for a fact I smashed the fuck out of that mom. <laughs> Cause I I threw my arm into the wall. Oh god, I ugh. Even thinking about it now, like, I get all squirmy about it. And, like, my friends, like, they don't jump in after me. But, you know, they lean down and they see me freaking out. And they're like, Seth, take our hand. And basically, like, pull me up without the ladder. And, ah, oh, God, just thinking about it. Like, I feel that mark on my arm where they bit. And it's just like, ugh, ah. Uh. So, you know, of course, the girls are still, like, recording I don't know. And like, I see them recording and to me, it didn't process. Like I didn't see the red light for recording. So I'm just like, give it back. Blah, blah, blah. You know, fuck you. I didn't say that, but I was like, you're so mean. Blah, 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 blah. I was like local. And like, they're like local scaredy cat gets the ball. Whoa. And I'm just like, yo, fuck you. But <laughs> that was like the stage for me having arachnophobia prior to, I didn't have any fear of spiders, but from that one traumatic experience, I straight out could not look at any spider of any kind. I would freak, even if it was like a daddy long legs, I would freak out. And, you know, for years I lived with that. Like anytime I saw a spider, I would freeze up and eventually I would like get some kind of weapon. And I mean weapon. <laughs> and like, you know, whether it was, like, my kendo sword, like, that I used to practice with, or, um, you know, I had Nerf guns growing up, I'd take a shot at it, like, I would do everything in my power to at least daze the fuck out of that thing, and then crush the living shit out of it. Now, nowadays, you know, after, like, realizing how crazy that was, and how one-off that one experience was, like... I still have some apprehension towards spiders, but I'm also much more chill about them as well. Like, if I see a tarantula, like, if, for example, I used to watch this, uh, this YouTuber, I think it was Ants Canada, he had a uh, tarantula pet, like a pet tarantula, and he would give, like, the carcass, like, its carcass or whatever after it molts, or skin, shell, whatever, to the ants, so that way they can eat off of it. It was weird. 
Or no, maybe he, I don't, regardless, he gave, like, this, you know, blue diamond tarantula to his ants, and the ants fucking decimated it. But, <laughs> weird tangent aside, like, I kept exposing myself to more and more, like, creepy Carly type stuff, to the point now where, you know, because, like, even in video games, I couldn't deal with spiders. Like, when I played Skyrim for the first time, I would purposely... Like, go guns a-blazing against any spider that I found. If I was ever in Spider's Nest, fire magic was ready to go. But, <laughs> um, yeah, no, just continuous exposure, small things. Uh, could I handle a spider being on me? Yes. Um, I've actually held some smaller pet spiders in recent years. I still squirm because it's still, like, a new experience. But, yeah, no, nowadays, like, if I, my big fear is if I see, like, okay, let me back this up a little bit. So, here in, like, the past two years, I'm not sure if you guys have been made aware of this, but there is a spider from Japan, I believe it was, called the Jiro Spider that has made its way over to, you know, the southeastern United States. And this fucker is massive. Like, I think... At length, it can be like two feet across, you know, from arms out or legs out. You will see this fucker and you'll be like, whoo. And the we and like the scary thing about this thing is the young travel by ballooning, which if you're not familiar with, is the process of building a web that's basically cylindrical, or not cylindrical, spherical, and using it to fly. It, you know, catches the wind. And... I've, when I found out about these motherfuckers, I was absolutely terrified because the last thing I want to see is I'm like out in a walk in a public park or something like that is just one of these fuckers just flying, minding his own business and it just comes and slaps me in the face. Like, oh God, I would, ah, oh, I would lose it. So, but unfortunately these things are like growing in number and like population across the Southeastern United States. And now that I've seen them so many times, I'm not afraid of them. Like, I think now because of the Jiro spider, because uh, it's mainly harmless to humans. Like, and they don't fuck with humans anyway. But, and that's also the big thing too, is like going through and finding out arachnic facts. Like, oh yeah, most spiders don't fuck with humans. That was a big thing for me. Just like, oh, cool. So if I see one, it's not going to be like, pss, 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 what's up, motherfucker? I'm going to bite you. Ah! You know, like Animal Crossing. Like Animal Crossing probably inspired a part of that arachnophobia. The second they had tarantulas in the game and that could run up and fucking KO your ass, like I was terrified, terrified of playing that game at night ever since I had the first encounter. I think it was Wild World that did that. But, and which sucked because that was like the only time I could play was like, you know, later afternoon after getting home from school. Anyway. <laughs> Man, that, that all makes so much sense now. Anyway, so, long story short, I kept educating myself about, you know, spiders in general, and I saw, like, more videos about them, and now when I see them out in public, like, unless I run into, like, and mind you, I think most people, like, flip out anytime they accidentally walk into a spider's nest, but I don't have, like, this blind panic that, oh, the spider is, like, on me somewhere, I can feel it, you know, and I just keep scurrying about long after the web's been taken off, no, like, 
if I walk into it, I brush it off and it's just like, all right, whatever. Um, you know, and it's like my sister, my sister has a bad, like Jiro spider problem at her place. Like she has this big ass house and she had like eight spiders on her backyard at one point. So she ended up getting a bug assault and you don't know what a bug assault is. It is basically a assault rifle that you chamber with salts, like table salt. And it uses pressurized air to shoot at, you know, bugs. Bug assault. (laughs) And yo, I'm going to say this. Like, knowing how easily I could take one of these fuckers also helped with, you know, my confidence around them. Like, God forbid I was ever in a situation where I was staring one in the face and it was me or it. Watching that fucker get obliterated by salt, of all things, like, I, I, I yeah, no, I could, I could kick that fucking thing's ass. It's all, <laughs> you know, who would win? A million spiders versus a Seth with a bug assault? Let's go. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, see, and that's the thing, too, is, like, after you conquer fear... You need to be able to laugh about it and be like, man, you know, that was kind of crazy how much I was afraid of things. Was it rational why I was afraid of them? Yeah, no, I had a traumatic experience. But, you know, to be able to laugh about it later on is definitely the sign that you have either significantly overcome your fear or, you know, you have just completely overcame it. Now, mind you, if I ever go down to Australia and I see one of them, like, fucking massive hunter spiders... Oh, your boy might have some words. I would definitely go into fight or flight, and my default answer is fight. (laughs) I might end up going to the uh, ER, because I think those can actually hurt you. But, you know, you know. (laughs) I I think, though, most people would react that way. So, you know, it's not fear anymore. It's completely valid. (laughs) But, anyway, to continue on to my next fear... So, this one was one that I eventually overcame by doing. This was uh, public speaking. Now, I think everybody has some level of fear when it comes to talking in front of massive crowds. And, you know, you have those nerves that, like, you don't want to fuck up on stage or something like that. And everybody laughs at you, like your pants fall down. Like, you start having all these irrational thoughts. And, like... I am so incredibly thankful for all the experiences that I had that led me to be able to be okay with public speaking because to some degree that public speaking professionalism that I've acquired is what allows me to do Plumescast and, you know, stream on Twitch. I'm okay with, like, things being out there of me. So really this is public speaking and it being recorded. Now, the thing that helped with public speaking with me was I, like, I would give class presentations and I would be nervous. Like, I'd be so nervous because when I first started going to school, I misheard the, you know, kindergarten teacher explain, like, how certain sounds were told and no way corrected me for the longest amount of time where it was like, I couldn't even say my name correctly I would say, like, instead of Seth, I would say Feth, you know. And, again, nobody corrected me. Like, people would be like, oh, what's your name? I'm Feth. 
You know, like, how the fuck did no one correct me at this point? I'm actually a little annoyed about that. But <laughs> anyway, yeah, no, so I had to go to speech therapy for, you know, the first two years of school, really, uh, until I was, like, in second grade. Um, and I, like, had that residual fear of that I was going to regress back into saying words incorrectly. You know, even despite the fact that I have learned, you know, the proper way to enunciate words, just sometimes, you know, sometimes I slur them a little bit, you know? And, like, fuck, as a kid and even as an adult, I fall, I fumble over my words, but I'm quick to, catch, like, either pick myself up off of it or, you know, just let it ride. Usually nine times out of ten, no one's going to call me out every time I stumble on a word. But that is to say, the thing that ultimately helped me the most with public speaking was learning foreign languages. Because now here I am speaking in a native or speaking in a tongue that's different from my native one, and I'm talking to massive groups of people, like talking to you know a group of kids, like right next to me, like a five group. In class time, I'm giving entire speeches in foreign languages. And eventually what I ended up finding was the more that I studied my foreign languages, the easier it became for me to speak in English. Now, one drawback of this entire thing is, is because I know other languages and I still study other languages, I will occasionally trip up on saying a word because my brain will be like, Oh, you, you gotta say this like it's Japanese, and it, I just like completely butcher a word. Or maybe every now and again, I s- accidentally slide in a Spanish word. Now, mind you, it's very rare that that happens, but I think you guys have heard it a couple of times here, at least on the stream or on podcast, where I'll be talking, and then I'll all of a sudden I'll toss in like a random accent, it's just like, bro, why the fuck did I say it like that? But all that to say, like, being able to communicate with so many different people and being able to talk in so many different languages eventually gave me the confidence to start reaching, like, going out for more public speaking opportunities. Uh, in college, I became a student teacher where I taught, you know, adult learners about basic computer stuff. We've talked about this before. Like, you know, how to work a laptop, how to get to Word, how to get to Desire to Learn, and all this basic shit that, like, adults don't know how to do, because, lo and behold, computers are still new. But, (laughs) um, you know, and it was just that experience of, by doing, I got better. You know, public, and, like, nowadays, I'm not afraid of, you know, going up and standing in front of a group of people you know, and giving a full-on speech. And, it, and like, I still am training that, too. Because, think about it. I'm doing this podcast to I don't know how many people. Like, it may be a small handful. Maybe it evolves to a couple hundred. And then maybe down the line, it's a couple of thousand going back and listening to old episodes. But I end up, like, as I continue to do stuff like this and stuff like stream, I learn how to better formulate my ideas on the fly. Like, again, the whole style of Plume's cast is basically I have no real notes written down. I have a couple of bullet points and things I want to talk about, and that's it. 
you know, everything else in the in-between, like, especially this, is freeform. You know, could I do freeform poetry one day? Who knows? Maybe. But all of this, like, all the gradual experience that I've been gathering is what helps me become more confident in the things that I do and the things that I say and the things I perform. And that is kind of, like, the big thing with public speaking. You know, start small. Start with a group of trusted friends. Go up to a group of regular friends that you don't really call friends. You know, perform in front of your parents, so on and so forth. And eventually just work your way up to build your confidence. And you'll find that the more that you do it, the easier it gets. Like, that's the thing with a lot of fears, is repetition is key. Just like learning something new, learning to overcome a fear... You want to keep doing it. The more times you can successfully do it, even if you fuck up a little bit and somebody comes up and is like, hey, uh, next podcast, you kind of stumble over, you know, when saying these things, maybe next time try this. Like, I can say with a certainty that this podcast may not sound as good as the others because my voice is a little fucked up. And, you know, to completely take off the veil once again about, you know, how all this is produced, um... There are a couple of times already that I've had to cut, like, in the middle of a conversation because I started coughing. Because, again, I'm still sick. Unfortunately, I have a, uh, <laughs> I have a cup next to me that's slowly filling with, like, residual snot and shit that's just kind of come flying out of me after talking for 20 minutes. And it's just like, bruh. But, at the same time, I know enough about, you know, audio editing to go back, fix it, and then continue on. There might be a couple of tone shifts here and there, but that's... Eh, you know what little you if you didn't notice it up to this point i've done a fucking great job because yo i've at least done it like five times (laughs) and i'll probably do it a couple of times more i do not know but again you know build your confidence with it and be like again you know this kind of goes back to the burnout thing be okay with fucking up you know you might fuck up and you know completely show your ass during one time during public speaking because, oh, your computer fails and, you know, you have to give your entire presentation without your PowerPoint or your notes and you're going to sweat like a dog. But, hey, those experiences are going to be the ones that shape you the most because you're going to find out very quickly whether or not you knew a topic well enough and whether or not you'd still be able to communicate it well enough to a group of people that probably don't know jack shit about your product. You know, and... In those moments, you really, like I said, you really develop yourself. You start figuring out, oh, hey, I'm actually really good at dancing on my feet. Maybe I don't need as many notes on the board. Which in itself, hey, that actually makes you look like a better presenter. You know, when you don't have bullet points full of full sentences that you're reading from, when you're actually facing your audience and just having small key points like I'm doing with the podcast notes, like, and then you're navigating the conversation like that, even though they're not having the full conversation back with you. Yes, I'm patting myself on the back. I fucking deserve it. Because <laughs> this is my reward system. I'm, I can be a little humble. I can be a little, you know, egotistical. You know, let me, let me be proud of myself. I'm rewarding myself. But... Anyway, let's, uh, (laughs) to keep myself from patting myself on the back any further, uh, this last one that I want to talk about is really one that comes from years of trauma, you know, years 
of trying to be like this graded A, perfect student, person, whatever, trying to be self-reliant at an age where I shouldn't have been. And that's making the wrong decision. Now, I really clarify this one as like a psychological and emotional one because there are times where it's just like, especially now as I'm looking for apartments and stuff, that I worry that I'm about to make the wrong decision that, you know, maybe I should just suck it up and stay in this apartment that I've been at for two years for another year, Um, which, you know, clearly is not the best answer because... I'm spending a good considerable amount of change getting to the office and I'm spending, like I'm losing time, the most valuable asset on the road. And so I know I need to move, but trying to find the right apartment without having this dread of, am I making the wrong decision about the apartment that I'm looking at? Like, let me say this for anybody that's about to make this big jump, like, Maybe you're about to propose. Maybe you're about to, you know, buy a house. Maybe you're about to start a new job. I inherently believe that we all know where we're supposed to be. Like, that gut feeling, 9 times out of 10. Hell, I'll even raise that to 9.9 times out of 10. It is right for a reason. And you will know when you are in the right places that you need to be at the right time. And that's, like, when it came to finding this apartment, um, I knew it the second I walked in the door to, you know, walk it. I walked in, this was out of my budget, you know, but I walked in and I saw the loft and I saw what this place could be and I became so excited for it. So, you know, and this is the thing too, is just as you continue to make these hard decisions in your life, you start finding your confidence out there. And then the next time you have to make it, you know, maybe you won't have the same amount of resources you did for the first one. Like, hey, maybe your friends that are helping you find the apartment or find the right dress uh, say, well, we already did this with you once. You know, you know what you're doing now. You're an adult or any variation of that. They may hit you with that, but hey, maybe you don't really need them as much anymore. Maybe instead of asking, you know, everybody else their opinion, maybe it's time to start listening to your own and finding out where you want to be. You know, there's a thing about being overly cautious. Like overly cautious people miss out on some of the best things about life because they're worried about spending money. They're worried about being away from things. They're worried about not being able to find the right spot. And sometimes we don't find the right answer, but we find what's right for us at the time being. And like, again, as I'm going through and looking at apartments, like I know for a fact that whichever one I decide on based off all the pre- like preliminary stuff that I have in mind for apartments and all, I know I'm going to find the right spot. It's just a matter of time and finding the right thing. You know, and I will say this too. If you are similar to me, where you kind of feel as though like, oh, you know, if you're debating like, oh man, should I go out with my friends or should I study? <sighs> Look. 
don't you don't have to be a perfect student all the time. Go out and have fun. Be smart. You know, absolutely be smart about it. If you don't study today, study tomorrow. But, you know, and make sure you actually study tomorrow. Don't put it off and be, you know, wait until the last minute. But you shouldn't allow yourself to give up on what life's joys there are because you're afraid of making the wrong decision. You know, if you have some, you know, if you have some expendable income, all right, and you want to go out and buy yourself something to enjoy some of that money that you have that's a little bit expensive, go out and get it. You know, again, don't blow out your entire savings account getting it, but hey, you work, you work to live, you don't live to work. You earn the money that you got, go out and have fun with it. You know, unfortunately in life, everything is kind of like we want to try and define things as black and white, which one's the right answer and which one's the wrong answer. But unfortunately in life, the vast majority of it is gray because what well, my correct answer may be, you know, completely incorrect to you. You know, let's talk about, you know, I, t- I like talking about stocks. Let's talk about investing in the stock market. If you're debating it and you're like, well, you know, I don't want to invest and lose my money. Well, here's the thing. Be smart about it. You know, invest what you can afford to lose. Don't toss in, you know, your rent money for the month. Toss in like five bucks. Experience it. See if it's worth your time and your energy. And if it is, go ahead and go with it. Have fun with it. Leave it and let it grow. You know, if you're debating... Like, what kind of car you want. Go out there and test some. Like, have come up in your mind, like, what type of car you're looking for. And figure out three key things that you need. Because that's the thing, too, is, like, if you are overly fearful of making wrong decisions like I am at times, start chipping away at what a right decision would be for you. You know... Again, let's go back to the car. You have three things that you're looking for, all right? Well, you want it to be a four-door sedan, okay? So that takes out, you know, coupes. Uh, you want you don't want a truck. Or no, you want a four-door sedan, so that takes out coupes, trucks, SUVs, all that bullshit. You know, you want it to look cool, all right? Well, you're going <laughs> to... Cool is subjective, but I guarantee you, you're probably not going to go with a Ford. <laughs> go with Toyota. Toyotas, Toyotas are fucking tanks. I'm learning that more as I continue to, you know, work with them. So long as you take care of it, it will continue to take care of you. But, okay, so, you know, four-door sedan, you want a, you want something that looks cool, and you want it to be in the right price range. Okay, well, maybe you end up looking at a used car. You know, maybe something of last year, you know, at, and like, I can't believe I'm about to talk about like buying a car on street or on a podcast, but like, if you can wait until the end of the year when they're trying to get a bunch of their cars off of, you know, their lot, a lot of dealerships will do their end of year sales because, you know, the new model year is coming in, they're going to have to spend a lot of money to get those cars out of there. The closer you can plan that to the end of the year, the better it will be and the better your, you know, uh, better your deal 
as it were, would be as well. But you like that's the thing, though. You allow yourself to start figuring out what things work for you. What are the hard yeses? Like, if you found all three of those yeses, would that be like that? Would probably be the car you buy. And if you are sitting at that car dealership, you have those three yeses, and something still doesn't feel right. Okay, back away. Get out of the car. Stop talking to the salesman. The salesman will chase you down and be like, well, wait, did you want to buy this car? We were just talking about how great this car is. We we're going to get you an extended warranty for 5,000 miles. or 5,000 miles. You ain't going fucking shit off of that. 50,000 miles. Um, you know, come back. We'll make you happy. Like, by all means, walk away from it and think about what was the thing that made you unhappy about that car. Was it the fuel economy? Did you think that, hey, I'm about to pay like 28 grand on a car or I'm get, taking out a loan for 28 grand or I'm getting finance for 28 grand and this fucking car only gets like five miles to the gallon? Like, yo, <laughs> I want to know what sedan first off you're looking at that's getting five miles to the gallon. But with this current insecurity about what gas prices are going to be for the like coming days. Like that is a completely valid fear. And you know, maybe that ends up becoming a decision maker for you or a decision changer for you. That's fine. Like, and as you continue to make these big decisions in your life, you start finding some overall yeses. And then eventually you just, you know, you have the gut feeling you have those series of yeses that if you have these hard yeses, this is probably going to influence you to buy the product. Like, for example, all right, this is, this one's going to be a little more to the everybody range, all right, instead of the adult range in which I'm talking about. But let's say, for example, you want a PS5, all right? Your yes factors are... You know, the game that you want is on it. Like, a game that you want to play is on it. Or a couple of games are, so you're not buying it for a single thing. You have a TV that can support the PS5's resolution. And, you know, some of it is covered by somebody else. Like, you have uh, gift cards or something like that from family friends from a previous birthday for GameStop. And... (laughs) Which, honestly, who buys fucking gift cards from GameStop anymore? I, you know, okay, that's, that's, that's mean. Anyway, <laughs> um, that said, you have those three yeses. And you're still not sure if you want to buy a PS5, because now all of a sudden you're seeing, like, the Xbox has, you know, a sale. And it also has games you want to play, or it has the games that you want to play, and it's on Xbox, but you never owned an Xbox before. Which one do you go for? Or do you walk away from it and then you come back the next day with a clearer mind and you sleep on it? Like, sleeping on it is also such a major thing that I don't think a lot of people really give themselves the time to realize. Like, if you are facing a hard decision, nine times out of ten, you can absolutely go up to somebody and say, hey, I need a day or two to think about it. Can we come back to this? Like, most companies will allow you to say 48 hours max to walk away and be like, I need time to think about this because these are big life decisions, you know, relevant to what your situation is, you know, buying a car, renting a new apartment, 
uh, buying a house, getting married, so on and so forth. Now, mind you, you can't be at the odds and be like, oh, can I wait 48 hours before agreeing to marry you or before saying I do? I guarantee you, you are absolutely going to get fucked over if you try saying that shit. Oh, God, I just imagined, like, my brother-in-law trying to say that to my sister. Ooh, it'd be over for him. Anyway. <laughs> um, but, you know, be kind to yourself when making these decisions. Give yourself the time that you need. When the right time is there, when you feel like you're making, like, and you're in the right place at the right time, you will know that it's a good decision for you. Even if even if it ends up not working out the way that you want it to, you then have experience for the next time going forward. No decision is ever really a wrong decision so long as you continue to learn from them and improve upon the next. Whew. All right. That is more than enough conversation from talking about personal things, I'm starting to get a little bit of brain fog from being sick. But I still have the question of the night. And then, you know, I will wish you all a wonderful whatever time of day it is for you. <laughs> but the question that I had, or the question of the night, comes from actually a conversation I was having the other day with a couple of streamer friends. Uh, if I was able to get sponsored by anyone right now, who would I want it to be and why? And you know, I've had this conversation with myself a number of times, like especially when I start looking at the finances of, you know, being a streamer and being a podcaster and the money that I've tossed into things and like what things I think you guys would be interested in, you know, cuz I like that was the one thing that like, you know, going back to fearing about making the wrong decision, um I like, at one point, I've talked about this on stream, but at one point, I was approached by Raid Shadow Legends. And they're like, hey, we will give you $300 if you get five people to install our game. And if you get, you know, ten people to install your game, you know, you get X amount. I think they were offering, like, an extra 50 to to 100 bucks for every time, you know, people, in, like, five people installed the game. And just because they have that kind of stupid money to throw around. And for me, I was like, you know, $300 is a lot of money. It really is at the end of the day. That's a full-ass, like, switch if I wanted to go get another one. And I kind of am in the market for another one because my darlings was stolen out of her car and I want to help replace that. Um, even though we've been having, like, a lot of fun playing with each other. Like, I know she would love being able to recreate her Animal Crossing island, even though that'd be so much work. Also, you know, sorry, honey, I'm, I'm planning. I'm working on it. <laughs> this is how you're finding out. I apologize. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, no. They came up, and they're like, yeah, no, we'll give you like 300 bucks if five people do that. I knew for a fact, like, some of y'all would absolutely download the game to support me. But at the same... And like, mind you, you have to stream it for like two, three hours. But... It's not anything that I would have had any fun with. Like, if I do a game sponsorship, I want it to be one that, like, I know you guys will enjoy. Something that, like, hey, if I get y'all to install it, you'll actually play it after the fact. You're not just doing it to help a homie out, you know? And, like, I just didn't have, like, I hate Raid. I hate it with a passion. You know, if this invalidates me 
from ever being able to be sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends, well, they're definitely better things in life. You know, I'm not missing out on much. But, <laughs> anyway, yeah, no, like, I just wouldn't want to sell myself out like that. Now, mind you, people who've done it, because I've had friends who've done it, if you've done it, by all means, I hope it worked out well for you, and I hope you made money off of it. It's just not me. Um, so when it comes down to like other offers I've gotten, like there was one that was like, Hey, I forget. I think it was like maybe drops or something like that. I can't remember what group they were, but they came up to me and they're like, Hey, we see you like playing, you know, indie games. Why don't you play uh killer queen black and we'll give you free stream keys or uh, free steam keys for it. I'm like, Oh, that's super cool of y'all. But, uh, no. I don't think, like, I went and looked at the game, and I'm like, bro, I don't think, like, anybody on my side would really enjoy that game that much. Like, yeah, we played a couple of times, but overall, is it really worth any of our time? Eh, you know, it's debatable. So, you know, I turned that one down, too, and they're like, well, you can play Mutant Muds, and I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck that is, nor do I want to know. <laughs> it just sounds weird. I'm, apparently, it's a really good game. I see it on sale all the time. But anyway, so when the conversation topic comes back around to like, well, if you had any sponsorship, what would you want? I would really like, and I've talked about this on the cooking streams too. I would love if I could get like HelloFresh or, you know, Blue Apron or any of the meal prep you know, subscription boxes would give me a call and be like, hey there, Mr. Plumes, we want you to, you know, cook a, you know, meal on stream a week, and we will give you and your viewers, you know, well, they'd have to give me a pretty lucrative deal, <laughs> not lucrative, but be like, yay, we'll send you, you know, a month's worth of, you know, free food, uh, on, like two meals a week. If you talk about, you know, Blue Apron or you do the Blue Apron recipe uh, every Friday. Like, to me, and then, you know, you guys get, like, you know, a month free or something like that. Or your first two weeks free, like, six meals. I personally would love something like that because, one, you know, not only is it a fair value to me, but it's also a fair value to you guys and something that we're passionate about. Like, you guys know for a fact that I love to cook. And if somebody gave me the ability to continuously make cooking content for you, I would do it in a heartbeat. Because that's where, like, you know, and I know podcasts has kind of, you know, become our conversation spot since I haven't been able to do cooking streams for the past two weeks. But I really do enjoy those times where it's just us sitting and chatting almost like you guys are on the bar stool behind me or behind the laptop or rather just having conversations with me like I can't tell y'all how much I appreciate that you guys enjoy the cooking stream and you know this is again behind the scenes of plumes but there was a time not too too long ago that I was considering just canceling the cooking streams because I felt like they weren't doing as well, you know, viewer-wise. Like, again, I tried to keep myself away from looking at numbers, but there are certain times where it's just like, I, I accidentally do. And ultimately, I end up sitting there, and I'm like, you know, I, 
I thought about it. I thought about canceling cooking streams for, you know, ever, except for, like, special holidays and all. But I realized those are some of the ones where I have the most fun because they're so interactive and so full of life. Like, don't get me wrong. I love doing the regular streams, too, because it allows me to, like, experience something with all y'all. But, and I think this is something that I've kind of learned here recently now that I've kind of powered down the amount of, you know, entertainment value that I'm trying to put out. Like, by all means, I'm still trying to be, you know, entertaining, quote-unquote, but I'm not overly exerting myself just so that way, you know, I get a quick click here and there. I'm not trying to do, like, the pog images of being like, oh, you know, and then putting some clickbait title, like, that's just not me. So... I guess I'm really saying this all to say, like, I'm not trying to sell myself out like that. Um, that's why whenever I get ad offers, I always sit down and I think about it. And it's like, hey, is this actually something that would do well? Like, I want to, if it's something that I'm not going to use, I'm not going to advertise it. Is basically the gist of the entire thing. But all that to say, like, you know... And this is, again, you know, behind the veil of blooms. But there have been times where it's like I've been offered other lucrative type, you know, I don't want to say engagements, but I'm just going to say engagements because that's the best thing I can come up from it. Like, I got offered to go uh, be a streamer over at a local convention after I put in <laughs> after I put in an application saying, hey, I want to host a panel about, you know, doing the podcast and all and like how to get more comfortable on Twitch. Like I got a letter later on that was like, Hey, you know, we're actually looking for streamers to be a part of this, you know, like streamer box where basically you sit there for two hours and you do your stream and the cons in the background. I sat there and I like, I really did. I debated it and I eventually sent back. I'm like, listen, you know, thank you for the opportunity, but this isn't the kind of content that I want on my channel. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to seem as though I am, you know, selling out or anything like that. I, you know, and like, even though there's a con going on in the background, you wouldn't be like, we wouldn't be able to interact with it. And that's the thing that annoys me because I feel as though my stream, my content it's all highly interactable. I love the fact that random people can come in and find me and discover me and just have a conversation with me. Like, above all else, that's the thing that I want to focus on is the chill vibes aspect of everything. And the ability, like, I am so completely blessed to be able to say, like, you know, or be able to have, like, conversations like this where I'm talking to y'all in a serious but still jokey standpoint. And, you know, you guys actually listen and want to continue the conversation after the fact. Like, the fact that um, I got a couple of people that will, you know, religiously message me after they listen to Plume's cast. You know, I don't want to name them, but they know who they are, and I greatly appreciate them both. But, um... The fact that they will religiously message me after listening to a Plumes cast or will come and talk to me about it, like, I adore that. It makes me feel so much more, I don't want to say power, 
but confident maybe is probably the good word for it. Like I feel so much pride. That's, that's the word I'm looking for. I feel a sense of pride welling up inside me when somebody can come up to me and be like, Hey, I really enjoyed listening to you or, Hey, you know, I watched your stream and it was really cool. Like one group that I've kind of grown, you know, more friends in is the Twitch startup group, which is like, you know, on Reddit, it's just Twitch underscore uh, startup. But, you know, I'm still, I'm pretty talkative in the uh, Twitch startup discord. Uh, not to the level some other people are, but if I see a conversation going on, I'll hop in and be like, what's up, motherfuckers? But, <laughs> and like being able to talk with some of them and get, you know, tips and tricks from them and like build something of a friendship out of them. It's chill. Like, I really do respect, like, and that's the thing, too, is, like, anytime I think about taking any type of ad thing, I want it to be respectful. I want it to be respectful of my time, and I want it to be respectful of yours. Like, even if it's just a 30-second ad bump, like, and as I get closer to doing ad reads on podcast, like, I don't want it to be, you know, anything too disingenuous, I like, for example, I think the one for Anchor is, hey, you know, I'm this podcast is made possible thanks to Anchor and me talk about how great it is. Now, to me, I'm absolutely going to shrill that because I loved using Anchor. It's been helpful for me. It helps me get my content out to you guys. And all in all, like the few interactions I've had with Anchor themselves has been really positive. You know, and I hope, you know, because I've talked to a few of y'all and you're all interested in, you know, doing a podcast yourself. Like, I hope when you guys consider doing a podcast that you'll look at Anchor and be like, hey, this is actually pretty cool. But, and that's, you know, all to say, like, I really don't want it to be a waste of my time. I don't want it to be a waste of your time. And I don't want it to be something that's so completely out there that no one's going to even think about it. So... All that to say, to answer the big question of if I was able to get sponsored by anyone, hey yo, Blue Apron, hey yo, Hello Fresh, hello, hello, I am here, I am a cook, I am cute, I make the food, and I do a funny jig while I make the food. (laughs) God, imagine if they saw me just, like, start twerking while I did a sponsored stream. Ah, look... If you want me to sponsor y'all, just send me an apron. That's what I want. <laughs> Give me the blue apron. Like, as much as I love wearing my black one that I had for my time back at Target, I think it is time at times to do a uh, upgrade. <laughs> but anyway, I think I have talked more than long enough for today's episode. So seriously, guys, thank you all so much for listening in. Remember, you can find me in the night skies across different platforms. You've got Plumescat or Plum, ah fuck, Phantasma Blooms on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube. You can listen to Bloomscast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, and soon to be YouTube. And you can email the show directly by sending it to Bloomscast at gmail.com. That again, because I just choked over my own spit, is bloomscast at gmail.com. Like, (laughs) before I really end things off, seriously, I wrote that out on the side because somebody's like, oh, you know, you should make sure to say, like, remember to follow and subscribe and everything else. 
because I asked for feedback. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> what do y'all think of my nice little ending <laughs> where I fucking tripped over my own words and continued talking for like another two minutes about absolutely nothing? But hey, if you listen to this far, that's usually what you get. <laughs> But thank you, uh, oh my god, thank you again everyone for listening in, and as always, I'll talk to you again from the stars very soon. Until next time everyone, Bye bye